It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. More fallout from a bad night of officiating at FedEx Field on Sunday night, and there could be a quarterback change coming. We discuss everything going on with the Washington Commanders on Locked On Commanders. You are Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, and we are doing it for free, available on all platforms, including YouTube and the WUSA 9 Plus app on Heroku or Amazon Fire Stick. A big shout out to our Tegna partners over at WSA 9, especially Darren Haynes and Charlotte McBride, always doing a great job on the Commanders beat uh, for you guys. And we thank you for making us your first listener review of the day. I'm David Harris, and my co host is Chris the Rooster Russell. We both happen to also be on the Commander's Beat, credential media members covering your commanders. Chris is doing it for the Team 980. We're going to find he and Pete Medhurst live from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern Monday through Friday or anytime on the Odyssey app. And I'm doing it for Commander Country, part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, uh, where uh, Chris and I just left FedEx Field at about 3 o'clock in the morning, if, our, if memory serves. Corrected, Chris, you were bright-eyed and bushy-tailed on the radio <laughs> at 9 a.m. sharp. I mean, that's that's legendary stuff right there. man. Uh, well, actually, uh, I so I left a little bit earlier than you in full disclosure. Right. Um, so I left just after two o'clock, but oh. I was actually on the radio and on television mm. at 640 on Monday morning, Eastern time, because oh, okay. the junkies. Uh, had yeah. me on, uh, and their show is uh, not only on 106.7 The Fan and uh, down in Richmond and what have you, uh, but also on NBC Sports Washington. So I was beyond bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. And then <laughs> basically like Taylor Heineke's performance at times. Anyway. <laughs> All right. I couldn't resist the cheap shot. I'm sorry. I apologize. Today's episode of Locked On Commanders, David, is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. To download the game, wow, just visit ultimate-gm.com to look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On. but make sure you use it in all capitals all cap letters in the game store. That's locked on in all caps. We thank you again for making us your first listen and view of the day. And as David mentioned at the very top, the fallout from Sunday night's loss to the New York Giants. David looks like this. Ron Rivera met with the media on Monday afternoon. Uh, I think you were in on that call. I missed it. 
so, you know, going through the transcript, I had heard some of what Ron had to say. And very, you know, at the very top, and we'll start here, he, the, the constant, the theme of his message was missed opportunities, right? And right. he's, oh, by the way, not wrong. It seems like we talk about this all the time. He said, quote, as I said from the very beginning, what happened was we missed some opportunities. We had several opportunities on both sides of the ball to do some things. That's a generic quote, but he also then further went further. He said, if you execute, you play discipline in a couple of situations in the red zone <clears throat> and do what you're supposed to, we put the ball in the end zone instead of having to kick field goals or unfortunately turning it over. So, David, when I hear this, and I, I know Ron also said, you know, right now he's not exactly thinking about a quarterback change, but he has given it some thought and all this stuff. When I hear this, I think of a coach that's ready to make a quarterback change. That That's just what right. I think. I, I mean, he can't come out bluntly and say it until he does it. Right. I, I don't know if it's going to happen before Saturday's game against San Francisco, but that's what I hear, and I'm I'm not going to apologize for what I hear and how I interpret it. Yeah, well, I mean, look, you're not the only one hearing it that way. So, you know, Ron Rivera said a couple weeks back, I think it was actually right after the Giants game, you know, the the part of the identity of this team is they're they're just a team that has a very small margin of error. They cannot afford to make mistakes the way some other teams can mm -hmm. uh, out there in the National Football League. You know, the Cincinnati Bengals can go down and can go out there and go down 17 to three in the first half and come back and have five takeaways in the second half and come away with a win over a supposed Super Bowl contender. Although that's a whole other story for a whole other show. If you want to hear about locked on bucks and, and, and the, the collapse happening out in, in Tampa, Florida, by all means, it's not pretty. Um, but look, so coming into this, this week's, this How week's do you game, deal with all this wreckage, by the way, it is. Well, first of all, I have an awesome co-host over there, James Jarko, who you're very oh, familiar with. You who, up. I like that. Well, well, I'm not sucking up because while I'm at FedEx on game days, he's covering the Buccaneers game live, and I I'm like just, I don't even watch it till I get home on Monday. Just, so anyway, James is awesome. James is I'm awesome. So I I did. So you know, I have my notebook every game day, and I right. track the core. I I track Washington's quarterback, no matter who it is, by drive, by by pass, all that stuff. I you know I don't chart, but I, I track. Um, third down offense, third down defense, explosive plays. And I've got a little note section to kind of make some observations. Like, for example, Washington's defense didn't allow the New York Giants into their own end of the field until uh, their, their fourth possession of the game. Just, just little nuggets like that. Sometimes I bring up, sometimes I don't, but I like to have them. Well, this week, Chris, uh, not only did I move it digitally, by the way, which you didn't see because you were sitting next to me this week, but next time you sit next to me, you'll see it's actually digital now. It's very high speed. Um, but I also included what I call the margin of error, error, error watch. And so basically what I was doing is I was kind of making notes of some missteps and then tracking what those led to. So here's kind of a few things that I wrote down. Mm -hmm. There's a holding penalty on second and eight that wiped out an 11-yard run by Antonio Gibson. So second and eight, Antonio Gibson gets an 11-yard run. It's an explosive play. By the way, uh, the Washington Panthers came away with 10 explosive plays on Sunday night. The New York Giants came away with four. So they had six mm -hmm. more explosive plays than the New York Giants. Still lost that game. On four of the five drives that the, that the commanders had explosive plays, they put points up on the board. So that tells you how important those explosive plays can be, right? So Antonio Gibson gets an explosive run, but it gets wiped out by the hold. The very next play, after you're trying to make up for a holding penalty that wiped out an explosive run, a fumble. It's a sack fumble, and it's a touchdown for the New York Giants. So that hold doesn't happen. 
then that next play doesn't happen the way that it happens. Taylor Heineke right. hopefully doesn't hold the ball. And that touchdown potentially never happens. That's the margin of error. You're literally talking about the very next play. That mm-hmm. is the margin of error this Washington Commanders team is dealing with. Let's look at the defense. The defense isn't completely innocent in this either. John Bostic misses a tackle on second and six. Would have brought up third and long. We talked about this a little bit yesterday. Instead of second or third and seven, third and six, maybe third and eight, they get a first down and they eventually get uh, a touchdown on that 18-play drive. Could have turned an 18-play drive into a six-play drive in a, in a punt. Uh, later on, Taylor Heineke scrambles to keep a third down play alive, which is part of what everybody loves about Taylor Heineke, but he fumbles in the process. New York Giants get the ball uh, at, at the nine-yard line. Missed chance for three points. Probably would have gone for the field goal. In fact, they were running out the field goal team before the play got reviewed. Mm-hmm. And look at the way the game ended. You don't need a touchdown at the end of that game. You're not worried about all this other stuff if that play doesn't happen. That like those three plays, you can point to those three plays and say that is where the Washington Commanders lost this game. That is who this team is. You cannot afford even those three plays. And, and granted, the the touchdown is obviously a catastrophic play, so that's a little bit less of a margin of error. But simply a holding penalty on 11 yard run completely derailed that offensive possession and eventually led. Uh, to the end of the game. And, and I say all that to say this. When we talked about Taylor Heineke starting even after Carson Wentz is healthy, I went on record here and I said, I think Taylor Heineke deserves a bad game to hold on to the starting job and come back the next week and show that, you know what, I can rebound from this. I am better than that, and I can show you I'm better than that. I stand by that. This was a very bad game. San Francisco is his chance to rebound, and that is a tough defense. So... I'm not even certain that Taylor needs to go out put 27 points on the San Francisco 49ers defense. But if you can come out of there with no turnovers, maybe one turnover, you know what I'm saying, and do some good things, then maybe you survive long enough to see the next week. But if he comes out and, and has another game like he had against the New York Giants, then I'm, I'm with you. I think that the coaching staff will want to make a change. But, Chris, I do have this opinion also uh, that I want to get your thoughts on at the end of the break because I know I've kind of eaten up this entire segment here. Um, I feel like unless the team captains are on board with the quarterback change, going back to Carson Wentz could be a very dangerous thing for Ron Rivera and his staff mm. to do. So mull that over just a minute while we do, uh, while we deliver some some messages from some friends of ours. But I want to get your thoughts on what I just said in the next segment. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, we'll hear uh, what some prominent NFL voices had to say about the controversial officiating calls coming up. But David, first. This episode is brought to you by our new partners, Ultimate Football GM. I'm really fired up for, again, this group to join us right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast and as well the Locked On Podcast Network. They're sponsoring today's episode. If you've ever dreamed about being an NFL GM and managing your own football franchise, well, your dream is about to come true. This is absolutely for you guys. You can hire the right coaches, coordinators, trading players, making draft picks. You can bench carts. Uh, you can bench Taylor Heineke if you want. You can navigate your franchise through free agency and the draft, all the ups and downs of the season. It's awesome. It's called Ultimate Football GM and Locked On Commanders listeners can get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in all caps in the game store. That's Locked On in all caps. So make sure you check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today. 
Yeah. So listen, ultimate football GM. I have the Washington Commanders franchise currently week two of the 2027 NFL season. 2026 NFL season, Chris, we just went to the NFC Championship game. We did lose in the NFC Championship game, but we went to the NFC Championship game, and we're week two, 2027, just delivered a week one win over the Philadelphia Eagles. Things are definitely uh, looking up for for that virtual version of the Washington Commander. So anyway, this show is also brought to you by Turo, the world's largest car-sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it and from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the U.S., U.K., Canada, and Australia. Book a spacious SUV or minivan for a family road trip, or get a classic or luxury uh, victory, luxury car for a special event, birthday, or holiday. Find anything affordable or test drive that new electric vehicle you've had your eye on for a little while. Many Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you like mine did when I went to Indianapolis. Every trip is backed by liability insurance terms and conditions and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. All right, back here on the Lockdown Commanders podcast. Thanks again for making us your first view and listen to the day. Now make your second listen and view the Locked On Sports Today podcast with Peter Bukowski and friends. They bring you the biggest stories around the world in sport uh, of sports in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and the opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. Locked On Sports Today, it's available on YouTube and as well, wherever you get your podcast. So, David, back to your question uh, that you had asked or presented right before the first uh, timeout, which was how would a quarterback switch go over in the locker room with the leaders? And it's a really, really tricky thing, as we know, right? And that's why I think partly why Ron is probably not going to make this move for this week, a short week, long trip. Because I, in some ways, Taylor was better on Sunday night, at least in the second half, than he has been at times. There were some explosive plays. You mentioned some of the big plays. Some of them came from the running game, but some of them, quite honestly, came from the passing game in the second half. There was nothing. There was barely a pulse, quite honestly, in the first half outside of some good stuff on the first drive that ultimately ended in a sort of a weird way. So ultimately, I do think that if if Taylor goes into the San Francisco game and is struggling against, like you said, an elite defense, I think that locker room, I think those players would understand flipping the switch back to Carson Wentz. Yeah, I mean, look, I think at the end of the day, and it's really no no shade to Carson. Like this team loves Taylor Heineke. They love who he is, what he represents. You know what I mean? And, and that again, that's not in spite of Carson Wentz. They just love Taylor that much. But I do wonder. I mean, you know, there there comes a point in time where you have to understand who who you like the most and who is better for business. You know what I mean? And, and uh, you know, I'm not saying that point is now I, I like I said, I, I stand by my previous statement where I think Taylor deserves a bad game and deserves the opportunity to come back from that bad game and show that it was just a bad game. Uh, you know, he's had some other struggles, but I think holistically, you know, you can say this was kind of his, his worst overall performance so far this season. So I do think that he deserves a start in San Francisco because of that. And I think he'll have the support of his team. You know, I just I, again, I just wonder you you are you're on the you know, you're not out of the playoff race. I know it seems a little bit dark, right? But you beat if you can beat the 49ers and some other things break your way, then you're right back in the mix, uh, so to speak. So, you know, this this thing isn't over. And this team, you have to feel like, especially these guys who've kind of been here and, you know, they they had the seven and nine playoff season. But how 
how real does that really feel? You know, you want to get in with a winning record, stuff like that. So the opportunity to, to earn that is is going to start to dwindle very, very quickly. So I just kind of wonder how much uh, that plays into it. So, um, yeah, it'll it'll be a really interesting. I'll just say this net, you know, next day or so, because we if there's going to be a quarterback switch going into San Francisco, which, again, I don't think either one of us think they should do. Uh, and will do, but we'll jet basically find out about it at some point on Tuesday, maybe Tuesday evening, right. kind of depending on how it leaks out, what have you, uh, before the start of the practice week. So, again, we'll we'll have you covered. We'll have reaction, all of that stuff. Uh, David, also, uh, as we opened up the show post game overnight from FedEx Field, we, of course, mentioned the refereeing and officiating controversy, a reaction really pouring in from all over the NFL on those two controversial calls. Uh, let's start with the Terry McLaurin penalty. This one was one that I didn't have as big of an issue with as others did, but yeah. clearly others didn't. Dean Landino is the former head of NFL officiating. Of course, he's a rules analyst for both Fox and as well the 33rd team. And basically, in a nutshell, what Dean Blandino said was, quote, I don't care if it's in the first quarter or the fourth quarter. It's too technical. It's not a foul for what McLaurin did. Now, again, that is the former NFL head of officiating and current rules analyst for both Fox and league partner and the 33rd team under Mike Tannenbaum. They do a tremendous job. When I saw this video and when I saw the audio, and especially when I coupled it with what Jay Gruden told Pete and, my, and myself on the radio show, he said it was a horrible call. He was very animated about it. He was very clear how really upset he was with the call. I started thinking, oh, my gosh, am I missing something? I, I mean, I didn't like the call because it cost yeah. the commanders a chance. But really, you have some prominent NFL voices that are just beside themselves. They cannot understand why this call was made. Right. Well, and, you know, uh, not to rehash everything that I said yesterday. Right. But I mean, it's it's there is a practice here. And Dean talked about it in that video for all of you. It's on the 33rd team's uh, Twitter site. You know, go to their Twitter page, look up their media. It's on. It's a very good video. Dean really breaks it down really well. But Terry and, and you kind of combine with Dean's what Terry said. Right. Terry lines up. He points to the, the official. He says, hey, am I good? The official you can see him says kind of step up. Terry steps up again, kind of signals to him. And says, like, hey, am I good? Terry later said, the official said, you are good. And then as soon as the ball is snapped, even honestly, like while the ball is getting ready to be snapped, you see the official reach into his waistband, get ready to throw that flag. And as soon as the flag is thrown, you can see Terry's body language is just shock. And he's he's looking at this official like, what are you throwing a flag for? Um, you know, I, I know that some people had a problem with the play call, and, that, and that's fine. But at the end of the day, this is in something that Dean talked about. There's no advantage, you know, gained by, by Terry McLaurin or by the Washington Commanders offense. And this is something, you know, I would be willing to bet that if you break down game film of, of games after game after game after game this season or seasons past, you're going to see wide receivers that aren't technically lined up with the belt line of the center, but they stand there. They 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 converse with the the official uh, with the hand and arm signal. The, the official says, yeah, yeah, you're good. Nothing, you know, nothing, nothing suspicious is happening here. Let's play football. Um, but what, what kills me from a staff standpoint, because I understand different officials, different officials, but as a head referee, you're the captain of that team. Your team needs to be like, there are three teams on the field. All three of them need consistency to be successful. So you have that nitpicky call on one side of the field. And then on the opposite, opposite side of the field, you got Curtis Samuel getting mugged for his lunch money on a touchdown pass that w- w- would have been, it should have been a touchdown pass. 
and we're saying there wasn't enough contact there. Mm-hmm. Like, so we're getting uber nitpicky on one side. We're getting uber not, you know, not even really caring what's going on on the other side. So as a team and as a head referee, that's who I've got a problem with. Your team is not on the same page. You are not, your team is not calling this game across the board with any type of semblance of like, here, here is our tone that we're setting for the night. And really it was just indicative of a very weird end of the game. Going back to some of the reviews. I mean, I don't know that I've ever seen so many reviews in a game, let alone a a primetime game with playoff implications where we're stopping the clock and we're stopping momentum. And we're, we're taking, we're taking guys out of a group, out of the battle mindset to, to determine like literally the most ironic thing, Chris is we're stopping the clock to determine whether or not we should stop the clock. Yep. Like that was and, the and most that was, insane I believe, on the Logan, review. I think that was the Logan Thomas play. That was the Logan Thomas play. Me correct. And Plus, then there was the you know Taylor Heineke out of bounds at the one yep. yard line. Uh, you know they had to look at that. The Taylor Heineke and, you know, fumble. That um, one I'm I'm okay. The, the fumble I'm okay with. You know the potential turnover. Obviously, you want to get those right. The Heineke, even the Heineke going out of bounds one. I'm. It was weird stacked on top of the other ones because, yeah. you know what, in that situation, it looks like the commanders may go in and score. So from a competitive advantage standpoint, you don't want to cost sure. the team a timeout if, you know, in that situation. So I kind of I even get that one. It's the Logan Thomas one, really, because yeah. the Logan Thomas one, you know, uh, again, you're, you're talking 10 seconds of game clock, whatever you do, you do the rundown. I mean, all these things. And it's like the biggest impact of that thing, of that whole thing. When you go back to how much time was left on the clock, the fact the commanders had a timeout left, the Giants had timeouts left, like that 10 seconds in that scenario, I know you're inside two minutes, but that 10 seconds in that scenario, not as critical as the flow of the game right. is, is concerned. And One they last- absolutely killed the flow of the game. So I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I don't think anybody had it out for the Washington commanders, but all the fans who kind of say, you know what, they think New York maybe just doesn't want the commanders in the pay- in the playoffs because of Dan Snyder. I can kind of see why you would get that way if you're a fan. I'm not going to go there, but I can see why people would go there because that end sequence was just completely whacked and it was completely lopsided to one side of the field. One last quick thing. Uh, I did get a text from a source on Monday morning, a very well-informed league source. He said it was a horrible call and a horrible call was his words. He also pointed out that the official that made the call, the line judge, Carl Johnson, former NFL head of officiating didn't last very long in that role, had a uh, domestic violence accusation, but he was essentially demoted a number of years ago. David, think about this from former NFL head of officiating, basically what Dean Blandino, Mike Pereira, those guys have served as Al Riveron, all that to a line judge and Carl Johnson's reputation is not exactly pristine around the NFL. Just saying, it's not horrible. But it's not exactly pristine. But he's a guy we put on the field for prime time, a flexed prime time. Like this is like that's the other thing too. Like, and look, I'm not I'm not trying to you know destroy anybody's career or anything like that. But that head referee, I don't have his name in front of me. I don't have my flip card in front of me. But when Carl I yeah. when I saw no the head the 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 head oh, referee uh, John Hussey. Yep, there you go. Yep. When I saw him during the pregame on the video board, I literally said out loud, "That guy." I didn't use that word, but I, I went that guy because I've been watching football for a really long time. That guy's face, at least in my in, in, instinctual reaction, is connected to a lot of negativity. Mm-hmm. And so for the fact that this crew was even in that game, again, a, a game that the National Football League 
intentionally said, we're going to put this, this, we're going to showcase this game on Sunday night for all the football world to, to watch. And you put that officiating crew there and you put that guy in that position, like, come on, bro. That's just decision-making is, is just not on point there from the front office. If that's the best we have, we're all going, I think you know where. Coming up, what, are, what you guys are saying on the voicemail lines as Commander Nation has their left hand up and might be fed up as well. <laughs> we will see. But first, David, this episode is brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks and Prize Picks. Com. What is prize picks? Well, deadly fantasy that's fun, easy to compete, quick to play. Here's what you do. You pick between two and five players, as we tell you all the time, if they score more or less than their PP projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people. You're not taking on David. You're not taking on me. It's just you versus the projections available from prize picks. You can uh, do it with any NFL game, NBA, NHL, college football, bowl season, of course, men's college basketball, whatever you want. Entries are Quick, easy, 60 seconds or less, operational in 30 states and in Canada. Download the Prize Picks app right now. Go to prizepicks.com. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit 100, Prize Picks going to give you 100. If you deposit 50, you get 50. Don't forget to use the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, guys, we're going to wrap up this episode of the Locked On Commanders podcast by uh, listening into some of the voices of the Locked On, locked, locked On, not Locked On. Hopefully you're Locked On Commanders fans, but you're Commanders fans. That's the most important thing. By the way, uh, Washington Commanders 2027, 2-0 now after defeating the Miami Dolphins 23 to 20. So I'm just saying things are things are looking pretty up there for my uh, at least somebody's ball. winning these days. GM. I mean, look, I am available for contract talks and discussions if needed, although I don't think that's uh that's where we are just yet. Chris, let's uh let's hear from Will out in Arkansas. Um hey Chris, hey David, uh Will from Arkansas. Um can we see uh Howell now? Is I mean, Jesus, uh, can, can we at least check the kid out now? See what maybe the future holds. We, uh, this, this team is just, uh, we, we, the Giants are just a better coach team. And I don't think that we really even deserve to be in the playoffs. Just be quite honest. I don't want to see this poorly coached, uh, poorly quarterbacked team just go in and, you know, be mediocre in the playoffs. I mean, I, 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 who, does anyone really want to see that? Let's just be honest. I mean, when Scott's dialing up these plays, and uh, well, why are you trying to get fancy at the goal line? Just run the ball in there. All this motion and crap. Just run it in there, man. And having Curtis Samuel in the backfield trying to get pretty with the ball, doing this, man, on third and three. Oh, come on, man. C-Rob was getting seven yards, eight yards a clip. Uh, hopefully, man, when this team is so I don't know. Ryan, man, the game's moved past him. It's time to go. I mean, he's a good guy and everything. He's a real good guy. 
Ron, I, I read he maybe he can be a counselor or something. They can find some room in the back. He can just talk to the guys or something. You know, he he knows what to say, but I don't want him coaching. Uh, I'm sorry. If the game's moved past him. Scott Turner, he, he can go, man. As far as I'm concerned, the only reason why he's in the NFL is because his, his dad, uh, just being real. Uh, Jack, he does a good job here and there. I'm, I'm done looking at the Heineken experiment. That's enough. Let's, let's see how. Anyway, thanks. Uh, peace. All right, thanks very much to Will in Arkansas. David, you can hear the anger, the frustration. Um, two things that jumped out to me real quick. One, he wants to go to Sam Howell. Number two, he said, ah, you know, maybe Ron Rivera can be a counselor. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's a little harsh. But I understand yeah. the sentiment, but that's a little harsh. I understand the frustration, absolutely. You know, I mean, uh, you know, look, there, there's good things to point to with this coaching staff. There's bad things to point to. With this coaching staff, I think, you know, the, the key thing to remember is, uh, I mean, Ron Rivera ain't going nowhere if, if until Dan Snyder does and or until Dan Snyder's troubles go away. One one of two things that happen, Dan Snyder's going to leave or Dan Snyder's problems are going to leave as in they're going to get resolved or whatever's going to happen is going to happen and he's going to be allowed to move forward from it. And, and I'm not even saying I advocate for Ron Rivera, you know, to get fired. I'm just saying for everybody who does advocate for Ron Rivera to get fired, I mean, I don't I don't see anything happening in on that type of a front uh warranted or not until dan snyder's issues are gone or he is gone just yeah i just i just don't see that happening as far as sam howell is concerned you know look uh i am just a big advocate of rookies sitting for their first year i mean on like honestly even a first overall pick you know unless you just truly truly believe they are like the next andrew lucker I suppose Joe Burrow of the NFL, but I mean, usually you're picking first for a reason. A lot of times that has to do with trench problems. You know, trench problems plus rookie quarterback don't tend to go well either physically or effectively operationally uh, speaking. So that's a problem for me, you know, um, but that's just kind of just my football theology. So I guess that's just the best thing I can say there is I'm really never going to get to the point where I want to say the Sam Howell should play this year just because I like rookies to get their first year of NFL uh, legs under them without having the pressure of also carrying a team to victory. I totally agree. And he's not going to play unless it's a non meaningful spot in any way, shape or form, meaning they are eliminated from the playoffs real quickly. Daniel yeah. and Ashburn. Uh, why don't we hear from Daniel and it's not Dan Snyder in Ashburn. No, no, no. It's Daniel in Ashburn. Hey, Christian Davis. Um, I, I appreciate you guys for making the show every every day, every week for us to listen to. It's it's really great. Um, I am coming from the Ashburn area, so I took the Ashburn Metro all the way up to the game that night, and uh, it was really cold, and I was really upset about how how that game turned out. Obviously, I wanted to blame the officials uh, the the first time around, but after coming home and getting realization, like. Overall, just it wasn't a good team game. And I wanted to focus on Scott Turner and how it seems like this offense was just really teetering throughout this this entire game. There was only really one good drive. Came out out of halftime where we drove and uh, gave the ball to Jahan for the touchdown. It, was just, it looked like just a simple, simpler game. And I think that throughout the game, there's times where Scott Turner tried to get too cute. Like with that one play where we're – like that one drive we were inside and he does a flea flicker pass to a deep ball for Heineke. Like that's not his strength. I don't know why we just didn't run the ball more. So why do you think like Scott Turner was just 
wasn't really planning up. We didn't run the ball as much as I expected us to run. Like, was it something you think that it was trying to exploit in the Giants' defense? I don't know. I just thought we had a, a better game plan and just a simpler game, like that one drive we had where we were able to move the ball and Heidi getting outside the pocket. So what are your guys' thoughts on that? I appreciate it. All right, once again, we appreciate Daniel and Ashburn for weighing in as well. I, I mean, again, much like Will in Arkansas, you hear the frustration. I don't know if I would say Scott Turner only had one good drive, David, because the passing game did connect on some big down-the-field plays on a couple of drives in the fourth quarter. Uh, maybe not the best throws in some cases, especially the John Dotson one uh, from fr- from Taylor Heineke. But again, it's the execution inside the red zone, and and that is what you know Daniel and so many fans are are, are frustrated with. But a lot of that, and I think Ron thinks a lot of that is on his quarterback Taylor Heineke. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's so hard because. You just you just wish you could put them together, right? I mean, the, the physical tools that Carson Wentz has in his upper body with the the legs of Taylor Heineke and the IQ and the and the heart and the passion, like you just wish you could kind of put them all together, but you can't. Right. You know, what I mean, you got what you got, and you got you have who you have, and I mean, look, you know, let's not forget Carson Wentz didn't necessarily look all that great, uh, you know, last time we saw him in there either. Um, you know, I think Scott. I think Scott deserves uh, some credit. He's done a lot of things this year that we didn't see him do last year, and, and I truly do believe last year. Basically, it was look. We know Taylor's not our guy moving forward. I'm not going to completely revamp my scheme for a guy that we know isn't the future. But this year, I, I almost kind of get the feeling like you know what they kind of said. You know what? Maybe Taylor could be our guy for at least the next year or two. Uh, so let's see what we have and let's see what we can build around him. Um, and you know, you've seen some really good things. You've seen some really unfortunate things i still stand by you know the more they get Jahan dotson involved the better off they're going to be and i think this is two weeks in a row where we've seen this offense look to have the potential to be more explosive with Jahan dotson getting involved unfortunately we've also seen more mistakes coming from the offense that have ultimately shot any of that momentum in the foot and that's unfortunate uh but again we'll, we'll see what happens moving forward all i know is this chris if this team pulls taylor heineke again that's got to be it like you can't, I don't think you can, you can bring him back up again. You know, uh, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on, shame on me. Fool me three times. You ain't gonna fool me again. Um, I don't think you can. That's a DC joke. Everybody in DC should get that joke and appreciate it. Um, you can't, you know, yeah, I just, you pull, you pull Taylor. That's gotta be it. Like almost to the point where you can't even resign him. You know what I mean? And right. that might be too far. You know, that might be a little bit of, of recency bias, but I mean, I just, I feel like with this situation, if this is the way they go at any point, that that's gotta be it. Yeah. Uh, just in wrapping up, I think if you go to Wentz, the next quarterback you would see after that probably would be Sam Howell, meaning they are eliminated. Uh, either way, we will continue to discuss, try and figure out, maybe we'll have a quarterback change. We will see. Stay tuned, but guys, thanks for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and view of the day. Now make your second view and listen the Locked On Sports Today podcast with Peter Bukowski, who brings you the biggest stories from the sports world in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local insiders. Locked On Sports Today podcast. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I'll be back with a solo episode that David will return with Crossover Thursday as we get you for the 49ers and the Commanders coming up on Christmas Eve afternoon into the evening. 
for David Harrison, who's covering the Washington Commanders on SI.com's Fan Nation and for Commander Country. I'm Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Leather Show on the Team 980 and always live free and available on the Odyssey app. If you're out and about, please be safe and kind to one another. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, be safe. Thank you for joining us right here on the Locked On Commanders Podcast. 2027 Commanders, 3 0. Just beat the Dallas Cowboys by two scores. Ultimate football team. Just saying. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.